Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Kammer, and I normally give you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. But today, today we are going to have a special edition of the podcast. I recently sat down with rising R&B artist Per Music and thought we'd just have a chat about what it was like starting a music career during the pandemic and what's going on now. Uh, Per currently has a single, or well, two songs come to be released here in the near future, June 21st to be exact, and just thought this would be an excellent opportunity to have someone on the show, uh, get a little bit of buzz about them, and just have a friendly chat for the listeners. So, we're going to give a brief pause for the cause, get the ads in there, and then we'll have our interview with Per Music. Now, whether you're someone who works out, or like me, needs to maintain focus and mental clarity, we could all use a pick-me-up. That's where Ray's Energy steps in. With Refresh technology, Ray's provides a hydrating, sugar-free boost of energy without the crash some other energy drinks have. You can find out where you can get Ray's Energy near you by visiting www.repsports.com. And while you're there, check out the other products that Rep offers, such as pre- and post-workout supplements and snacks. And if you want some extra savings, order online and apply my discount code CASS, that's C-A-S-S, at checkout for 15% off your order. Hi, everyone. I am here in the special edition of MLW Confusion with Per Music, an upcoming R&B artist uh, who has a new single slash EP coming out on June 21st entitled You'll See. Per, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I actually have two songs coming out on June 21st. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm used to the old-fashioned way with you have the B-side. So, yeah, I do have it in my notes. It's You'll See and Bring It Back or Bring It yeah. All Back. So. Yeah, I decided to do that because I noticed that Drake, he does that. Like, he'll drop two or three songs at a time. And I'm like, I know I'm not at his level, but I'm still going to do what he does because I think his business model is good. So that's why I do two different kinds of songs. Oh, and it's as I said, it kind of harkens back to the old uh, era of 45s. You know, you had hmm. the A side and the B side of your single. Right. And, you know, so and sometimes the B side, you know, blew up just as much as the A side did. Yeah, that's but. true. Yeah. Yeah, I try to do something a little faster and then a little something a little more chill so that at least it's two different styles. Right. Like a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Choices. So that's coming out and we'll reference this hopefully several more times throughout the episode just because that's the entire purpose of having her on here in addition to, you know, giving her the general confusion bump because that's totally a thing. But for everyone that's coming in this way, obviously MLW Confusion is a wrestling podcast and i do realize i've had i have an r&b superstar to be on the show um so at least i gotta bridge the gap here per are you a fan of professional wrestling my family is my parents were so i'm gonna say yes okay (laughs) do they have any favorites What, what do they like to watch um my dad always used to like um hulk hogan and randy savage i believe yes and and now uh, my mom loves Seth Rollins and my husband really, lo- well, my husband and my son really like The Fiend. They really like him. Um, so that's probably the favorite. They actually have a Fiend mask that they wore for Halloween last year and it was really nasty and I told them I was going to hide it. <laughs> it was very creepy. I do not like it. <laughs> Duh. 
that yeah a quick aside i'm a bigger fan of the funhouse bray rather than the actual fiend itself but yeah uh, yeah that that funhouse is creepy Ugh. (laughs) and so am i so it's all great so oh got the got the wrestling part out of the way and now we can talk about you and your music so the big question for all the listeners on my side and and the people that are into r&b and haven't made it your way yet who is per music yes so i am a new r&b singer that's my my primary genre is r&b and i'm also doing a little bit of lo-fi like super chill lo-fi tracks like um they used to be called like college beats people listen to them in college like if they want to kind of relax um i don't know it's just like down tempo like kind of a downtime loungy chill music so um i'm I'm trying to bring both genres to everyone and i don't know i feel like i'm different because i have like a very smooth vocal it's not like super crispy it's not super shrill it's it's not like your super radio voice but it's very smooth and i feel like it kind of harkens back to like 90s r&b which i'm a huge fan of um so that's kind of the the flavor i'm trying to bring to people and you mentioned that you're just starting out. How has the process of starting out been for you? So it was definitely nerve wracking. I wasn't even sure if I should even try to do it. Um, I was I, I was doing karaoke apps for the longest time and I, have, I had the best time, um, especially before the coronavirus, doing karaoke. And then after I had kids, you know, you have to tuck your kids into bed at night. You can't really do karaoke as much. So I started doing the apps like Smule, um, S-M-U-L-E. So you can kind of karaoke with people all over the world and you can do duets, solos. So I started doing that and and then I ran into an app called Rap Chat. And on that app, producers can upload their own beats and then you can sing whatever you want, write your own stuff on top of their beats. Um, So that's that's what I did for a while. I wrote about 20 or 30 songs and they were progressively getting better and improving. Um, so I decided, you know, I want to do this for real. And I found a management company that would help, um, independent artists. And it was kind of like artist development, but really it was just, for me, it was like training, like how to do this, how to get into this independent artist world and start, and then kind of take off on my own. And you did reference, uh, the pandemic. Uh, how, how do you think that has affected your, uh, your growth as an artist? Or do you think there would even be per music without the coronavirus? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So, um, you know, when, when that all started happening, um, and it was in the news, I was really like hyper-focused, like a lot of people were, and, you know, a little bit scared and reading the news articles. And that's when I kind of, you know, was like, I'm just going to, kind of relax and do my music thing with my karaoke and my rap chat app. And, you know, it's weird because like even now thinking about it, um, I don't know if I would have jumped into this like I did without, you know, the pandemic happening because it was like an escape, you know, an outlet um, to do something different and not to like be hyper focused on, you know, watching CNN and, and all that every day. So some people baked bread at the start of the pandemic. <laughs> you are becoming an R&B superstar. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Goals, right? Yeah. Uh, and then another thing, too, like, you know, um, with the pandemic, everyone was very inside their homes. You know, we're, all, we're in lockdown. We don't want to go out. We can't go out. Everything's closed. And I think for me, I'm, I'm more of an introvert. So it was almost like a better strategy for me to kind of start everything 
you know, by myself in, you know, inside my house and, and get everything organized, you know, before I go do live shows and stuff like that. So it's kind of nice to at least have a little time to just kind of develop myself and organize everything before I do more of the extroverted um, things, you know, like do performances in front of other people. So, yeah. Um, that I mean, that's almost like a byproduct of the current technological age, uh, looking at the, like the term of the SoundCloud rappers, like everything right. is so available to us. That is, if you are good at digging things out and finding things that are available to work with, mm-hmm. you, know, we, you almost don't need to have the support of the major companies like you had to true, you know yeah. 20 30 40 years ago like you you can do all you, you can basically treat your career as a cottage industry right um, so like right. so i mean that's uh, that is uh, on a technological front like that is the perk uh, for as an artist for mm-hmm. the pandemic like you, you, we have access to all this material all this great technology to kind of put ourselves out there um exactly and so and kind of referencing getting yourself out there uh how how have you been marketing what's what's your social media output look like um so i'm very cat focused (laughs) um it's so funny because when i was on instagram my first account was my cats i have three cats they're very photogenic and they actually like being photographed (laughs) and uh so it was weird because I started with, a, I had a cat site. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's part of my life. I can't, I'm not going to get away from that. I can't, you know, escape that. So I was like, okay, well, let's throw some music in here. And uh, over time, like, I feel like my original marketing was really hyper-focused on Instagram because I was doing like some cat photos, some music things, um, like, you know, I'm going to drop a song soon see if you're interested, what it's like to be a songwriter. Um, I networked with some songwriters, producers, um, engineers, and I threw in like some art because I really like, I feel like every time I get into Instagram, I'm like sucked in with the art. Like there's cute anime, there's these aesthetic sunset photos. And I was like, okay, you know, this is a passion of mine. So I'm going to do that too. So I try to do like aesthetic art in there as well. And um, so at least for social media, Instagram is kind of like uh, my largest marketing push. And then Twitter, I feel like I'm, I've been using more as a social networking with other professionals, which is really nice. Um, and then apart from that, you know, I've learned, you know, you have to pay for advertisements, advertisements because, you know, you're out there, but if people don't know you're out there, they're never going to find you. So I do feel like I had to use some Facebook, Instagram, and Google ads. You have to run ads and work with a little bit of promotion companies. So those are my main, my main things. Uh, and we, uh, we t- talked about it prior to hitting the record button. Uh, TikTok, have you done the, gotten to the TikTok thing? Yeah, so it's weird. Um, when I was working with that management company, um, I, was, I worked with the, in Chicago, um, they were like, you know, you should really jump on TikTok. It's super popular. You can get famous in a day, you know, for random stuff. And I, I was kind of doing like silly cat videos. And then I, I realized for TikTok, you kind of have to do one thing because the algorithm gets confused. They're like, oh, funny cat video. Oh, a singer doing a cover song. So TikTok's like, I don't know what to do with you. So I kind of wanted to narrow the TikTok down to just like cover songs and original songs. Um, so I've been having a good time doing that because I think especially for independent artists, 
maybe they don't want to do the cover songs, but that's where you really pull the people who might actually like your original songs. So I really do love cover songs because I love karaoke. So TikTok is definitely my cover song area. And what do you cover when you do the covers? Um, lately it's been like, oh, I want to say like the top 40 R&B hits or whatever. Like I'll, I'll look at the top 100, um, hot 100 on billboard charts. Like, so like the popular stuff, but I, I do have to make sure like the, the tone of the vocal of the singer matches my tone. Like I'm not just kind of throwing stuff out there. I'm like, you know, something that I can sing and maybe change it up a little bit, like do a loungy version um, that will kind of elevate my own voice so that, you know, cause I'm not gonna sing anything crazy like Adele or Beyonce, cause that's just not my voice. So I try to find stuff that I can, you know, handle and manage that, that elevate my voice so that people can hear different things that I can do, including rapping. <laughs> Um, and then, I, then the follow-up question to this is something that I always like ex encounter whenever do, uh, experiencing covers is how faithful are you to the original? Do you, are you basically breaking it all down and creating a new song with the same lyrics or are you doing something that's, I don't want to call it karaoke, but a bit more right. faithful to the instrumentation and vocal range of the song? Yeah, when I first did karaoke, I was very faithful. I even tried to sing like the original artist. And nowadays I um, will change like the octaves. Like if I would do an Ariana Grande song, she sings super high and I can't go that high. So I'll lower it. And um, it was really fun. I actually did some lounge versions of Drake songs and that was really fun. It's, it's kind of like um, I used to watch American Idol and they'd have an artist go up there and make the song their own, you know, like in quotes, like make the song their own. And it, they're, they're really lauded for that, you know, like they can flip the song and do their own thing. And I was like, you know what, maybe I should try that. And, and it's been really fun. And so I would say, I don't know, maybe 60, 40, I'll make up a new version, 40%, I'll stick to the original. And it also depends how hard the original is too. Like if it's super technical or there's a lot of crazy notes, you know, I, I'll just try to get to that, you know, like do it exactly how they did to show people, hey, I can do it just like they did. So it's kind of fun to experiment with that. Yeah. Go, go, yeah. Oh, a little bit off the wall here, here, mm -hmm. you know, 10 years from now, or even sooner, maybe, you know, you, you get, you get some hits under your belt, get the cash flowing in. Would you, would you turn the, this, uh, you know, hobby side project part of the Per Music brand, would you turn that into like an actual tribute album? Would you be interested in doing an album of covers? Um, I would say yes, because um, I, I distribute all my music through DistroKid and they have an option. Like um, also, if you work with Harry Fox Agency, it's another company a lot of independent artists have to register with. You can do cover songs and they'll like, get the cover license for you and so you just like fill out a few boxes boom you got the license to do it and then you can release it you know and obviously you're not getting the full share of the profit but that's fine you know you're still doing the cool cover song that everyone knows and then they can learn you know who you are and stuff oh so yeah, that's so the part. I, I would totally do that yeah oh so that's the part i didn't realize like how even that's yeah. easy nowadays like that, that's it actually is. that's that's actually yeah. that that just blew my little mind right there <laughs> 
um but talking about the covers and kind of what goes into the covers what does your creative process look like for your own material so my creative process is well i have i have a lot of lyrics written down in a like an app and i do everything on my phone i don't do pencil and paper i just don't have the time and i have kids so and animals i have four animals um so that would get all nasty and i'd lose it but anyway uh so i keep everything on my app and i don't know it's it's different every time um sometimes i look up different beats like um i might look up a lo-fi beat or an r&b beat hip-hop um and there's all different kinds you know you got the boom bops and everything um there's like a trap soul which is really cool so i'll kind of find a beat and and then i have to be careful like once i start writing lyrics on the beat i really want the beat and i have to buy the beat so i have to be a little careful like am i invested in this beat enough that i want to purchase it from a producer so i i try to like resist <laughs> writing any lyrics or getting too invested you know until i like obviously i talk a little bit with finances with my husband because you know we don't want to we got to be careful <laughs> but so i'll be like hey you know there's a beat i really like by this person it's this amount of money, you know, um, is it okay if I get it? Are we cool with that? And, you know, we'll talk it over. And then if it's fine, then I'll hit up the producer. Like I want to purchase this beat. So then once I have the beat for sure, and it's mine, um, then that's when I, 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 it varies. Sometimes I use pre-existing lyrics and other times I just, I swear, I will play the song like a hundred times and I will just kind of come up with a chorus. And it's really weird. It's it's kind of magical. It's it's um or I'll think of a word or a phrase and I'll just keep saying it every time there's like a chorus part will come in and then I'm like, okay, there's part of the chorus. And then I'll just kind of think of a theme. And it doesn't happen like super fast. I would say I come up with a structure in about a week though. So I mean maybe that's fast for some people. I don't know. Because everyone's a little different. But um yeah, so typically step one buy the beat step two play the song multiple times and then step three figure out the direction of where i want to go with it and then arrange it okay so so it is kind of a collaborative effort with between the beats and kind of, and what you're coming up with you're not you're not you're yeah. not jim morrison sitting in a bathtub yeah, <laughs> writing out pages and pages of material no i don't have time for that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was going to be the secondary thing too. Is you know, I, I guess how, I don't want to say seriously, but how how dedicated to a schedule would would it, were you in, in this? Or, but it kind of sounds like you just kind of do it as the muse strikes you. Is that a yes. bit more accurate? Yes. Like you know, I, I have a full time job, so I you know make sure all that's good, and I've got all my assignments turned in, and I have kids, so you know make sure they're good. They're at school. They're at summer camp or whatever, and. Uh, you know, then I also am a mom and a housewife and I clean the house. You know, I got my little things I do. And then it's like, ooh, music time. And so, you know, I I just like, I don't know, like um, even today, it was weird. Like sometimes I'll think of something and both of the kids are being super loud and the TV's up really loud and my husband's yelling at the dog, or, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, I need to go. I'm going to go outside really quick. Cause I just have to like, the music is there. I have to write the lyric down and I just kind of have to excuse myself. Like I'm out of here, you know, 
<laughs> so it's weird. Like, I don't know if I have a schedule. Um, I definitely push myself though. So I'm, it's weird. Like I, I feel like I'm never bored. I'm always like, what can I do right now? Could I write a lyric? Could I listen to a song? Could I edit this? Could I, um, do some more promotion creation, like uh, create content for a social media. So I, I never feel like I'm bored. Like that could be good and bad, but I think for the most part, it's been good. And kind of tacking on. So uh, you're, if you're always creating, have you put any thought to possibly creating your own beats or actual music? So I, tr well, like the genres I do, R&B and lo-fi are very much like, you need to make the beat with Ableton or whatever. So I, I don't think I'm ever going to do like live, um, like drums and guitar. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say I would never do that. Um, for instance, um, what am I trying to say? Oh, acoustic. Yeah. Um, I could maybe do an acoustic one day, but I only play the drums and I play the piano horribly. Um, so I really feel like, you know, I want to work with professionals who know what they've, they're doing. They've been doing this for a long time and it's just easier for me that way. Um, so yeah, I might do acoustic, but I wouldn't do it myself. <laughs> right. uh, I was just curious because we talked about all the thing, all the technology at our, that are, is available to us. Right. And I know there, there are apps that do seem to specialize in creating your own loops right. and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I actually tried one time. I got like FL Studio Mobile and oh, yes. uh, I tried to create a beat and it sounded like a terrible ringtone. So I was immediate, you know, like it's like I can do it. I can make a beat, but it's not the quality is not there. You know, like you have to and it's very time consuming. Like if you want a little special effect, you got to put it in a certain place and you got to copy and you got to paste it. And I was just like, this is too much for me. But I don't know. I don't want to say I'll never do it because maybe, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like maybe uh, I could do a lo-fi. That might be easy. I don't say know. There you go. Well, and I'm not going to say like <laughs> right now you're committing and this is all you're going to do. Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, we're all artists. Art evolves, especially when you start throwing True. in things. And especially when we start talking about budgets, like right. you're definitely going to have, you know, become possibly become more lush sounding when you mm -hmm. can actually afford to have, you know, more people to work with yeah you know, whether it is right. hiring a band for a track or you know upgrading your technology you know having the resources to pay for any of that so i'm definitely yeah. not gonna like like get you in now but it's just kind of again it was comes out like this is the technology that's available and a lot of it does seem to focus on loops uh as well that's i mean true. it's yeah uh like i mean cheap plug like my little terrible ditty that starts off the podcast like the like uh, the, i uh, there's a app that does atari sounding my die music yeah and yeah so and that's you know and that that is very much loop based i mean i wouldn't i would never dare do like do like a three minute song out of it <laughs> but for the case of like say this podcast like right. it, it works great for like an eight second thing but that's enough about you know me plugging myself in my own <laughs> podcast um but like i, I just throwing that out there as well um but we kind of uh, we t talked about you know the creative process uh and we and you kind of name dropped some folks collaborations have you looked into po possible collaborations with other artists you mentioned connecting with folks with twitter 
Um, yes. And then, of course, p- producers to purchase their beats. Right. So actually, um, let's see, when I started like doing the trainings and trying to figure out how to be an indie artist, I, I went to some web- webinars and they had um, like new and upcoming m- musicians, music makers um, who wanted to network. So I, I was able to find um, some producers through that. Um, and then like, let's see, engineers locally I've been working with um yeah what was the question again (laughs) (laughs) uh do you have any sort of collaborations collaborations. yes 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 sorry i was thinking producers and engineers okay yes for collaborations for songs um i'm working on one right now but it's still secret so i don't want to say too much but um it's it's with some rappers and i'm doing a chorus so this is gonna be my first big collab and i'm really excited about it and the people I'm working with are, are really friendly and, and great to work with. And uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much about that, though, because it's still like super fresh. But I am and I'm totally open to it, too. I feel like um, it's hard because, you know, I feel like when you're new and I, I've been doing this since, well, I've been doing this since August of last year. So really, it's not that long, I guess, um, less than a year. You know, you, you put yourself out there, you're like, hey, you want to collaborate with me? And they're like, I don't know. And then if they're really good, they're like, well, I might, but you have to pay me to collaborate with me. You know, like, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, and you want to, and they're not sure about you because you're new. They like your sound, but they're not sure. You know, it's just like, you got to feel each other out. You almost have to have a, a friendly relationship with these people you're collaborating with because you there there's definitely... A trust level. Um, even when I when I was doing some rap chat um, collaborations with rappers, like they would give me their part that they rapped, and they'd say, "Hey, can you add the chorus?" Well, if they don't do it just right and leave me just the correct places to do my parts, then it's like I can't do it. You know, there has to be, you know, the experience has to be the same level, and you have to know how to do everything. And there has to be a lot of trust in there too. So it's it's really kind of um, I don't know I don't know how to explain that. I I'm uh, just throwing out there like I find especially the world of R and B and yeah. rap uh, they there's a lot of cora- collaboration done between artists and like I I feel yeah. like that's that's a great way to get your feet wet per se compared to like rock where you don't hear a lot of like right actual right. like rock <laughs> you know rock rock bands collaborating much like usually you might nab a guitarist for to play in the studio but you're not actively creating with said artist yeah uh, that's true so i you know I, I think that's like that's definitely a positive within the r&b scene i think or could yeah. be a positive as long as there's that like friendship and trust level there and you're on the same level like in every regard like you know how to make a song you know how to make a beat it's not your first rodeo you know like that kind of thing then it works well right oh and again like uh, we're kind of entering this age where everyone's at least getting their feet can get their feet wet if they truly right. want it to be uh yeah whether the quality's there i will not say one way or another but that <laughs> that that runs the gamut for any profession mm-hmm. uh whatsoever and it's hard too because you don't want to hurt people's feelings like people might want to collaborate with you or you know produce a song with you but maybe you don't feel like it'll work with your style or it's just not going to work and you don't want to like i mean 
you have to turn them down, but you don't want to like crush their dream. Like they're growing, they're getting better, they're improving. So it's, it's, it's kind of a sensitive thing when, when someone wants to collaborate with you, but you don't really want to. And you know, so you have to kind of, I don't know, it's like these little dances you have to do with people. So it's kind yeah. of tricky sometimes. We'll translate to the wrestling world, like the independent wrestlers <laughs> there. You, you, you watch who, uh, how you treat people because those will also be the people that are learning and growing with you. Right. And you'll have you may have to work with them for the next 10 years, 20 years or yeah. or, you know, as you're ending your career and right. they're they're ascending. And yeah. And yeah. the same thing, too, like you never know if that person you're going to work with and it's their first song, you know, in five years where they're going to be, you know, because everyone grows at different paces. So you don't want to totally shut people out either. You know, like you want to keep everything open yeah. and be yeah. honest with each other. And like I said, develop that friendship. And I mean, that's, I feel like that kind of collaboration and that kind of trust is important uh, wherever you go. Yeah. I mean, even if, if it's not with the other artists, I mean, you're going to, you're going to need that to work with producers, uh, whether it's the beat producers or the larger scale producers yeah, that's as true. well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you treat everyone how you want to be treated. Golden rule, right? Yeah. And there's definitely a tough skin. You got to have a thick skin too. Like I, I feel like maybe you know, the first few months I was in this, I was a little naive. And now I'm like, oh, you know, and you kind of toughen up and, and you learn that people will treat you different ways. And they may not always be kind. You know, they may, you know, obviously, when you put yourself out there, you're gonna get criticism, people are gonna like it, people are gonna hate it, you know, so they get all these comments, too. So it's definitely helped me develop a thicker skin. Well, and since you're bringing up like the thick skin and people's comments, uh, mm -hmm. fan base, how and uh, and putting yourself online, how has been, how has the experience been now that you've gotten uh, some songs under your belt released on Spotify, um, yeah. and now that you're starting to get a bit of a following? What how is how is that like? What how is that a bit of a change from suburban house housewife dumb? <laughs> I know. Well, it's so funny because people who know me in person are like, oh my gosh, look at you. And it's like, I know, but look at, look at the next indie artist over. You know, I'm like, I'm always, you know, thinking I can do better. I'm always pushing myself. And you know, now that I have three songs on Spotify right now, I do feel like I'm starting, it's starting to feel like I'm in, you know, I have, I'm in a well-oiled machine type of mode. Like I know how to do it now. Like I know how to upload a song to DistroKid and and I know how to do the marketing release. And so now it's more like, you know, how much do I really want to do? Cause like I can handle a lot of my plate, but it's like, how, how much should I really take on? Cause you know, I don't want to overload myself or, you know, crash and burn, but um, I do feel like my fan base is slowly growing and you know, you got to push that money towards advertisement though, or else people just won't know you exist. Um, but yeah. Um, I definitely feel a bump when I get get put on a playlist. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, people are, you know, when you go to Spotify for artists, you see that little, the little like, I don't know, stock market thing, it's going up, 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 listeners, streams. And then you're, you're off a playlist and then it starts going down, down, down the hill. So, you know, it's like, it happens for, you know, mega artists too. When you have a, a new release, you're put on a big playlist, you're going to get these bumps. And then, you know, if you're a little stagnant or you haven't put out a new song in a couple months, you're going to get that downhill, 
you know, and your followers might decrease. So I, I try not to focus too much on the numbers, um, but I've definitely been seeing some slow growth. So it feels good. Yeah, for sure. And the uh, fan interaction, uh, how much interaction have you had to have with uh, the general, oh, we'll call it the general public, but the people that uh, the actual listeners of your music, what kind of feedback have you been getting back from them? Yeah, um, I, I, I submitted my music. Well, let's, I should start over. I submitted um, the song See Through because that was the song that was really getting attention. Um, the producer is Noah Sims. And that beat was just beautiful. When I first heard it, I was like, wow, this is a beautiful beat. And I don't say that very often. Um, so that's the one that kind of took off of the, my first three songs. Um, so yeah, when that one came out, I was trying to push it on playlists and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> I don't remember where I'm going with this, sorry. Yeah, no worries. We'll just keep going. Um, <laughs> what was the question again? Oh, I was ask, asking about interactions with Fan uh, base. fans. Okay. Yeah. Fan base. So with See Through, it was getting on playlists and I had people on Instagram messaging me. They're like, hey, this is a really dope track. It's it's got a really cool vibe. And you know, I really, I really like this. And then I had some musicians on Twitter say, Hey, I heard your song See Through, and I really liked it. And it was like, oh, so that was the that was the song that really I started getting fan feedback. That's where I was going. Um so I also submitted my song to some, like, I don't know, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a website where people will review and critique your songs. So since that was kind of my most popular song, I got some critique and feedback from it. And, you know, I would say generally positive. They liked my phrasing. They liked um, the laid back style that I used with that kind of laid back beat. Um, you know, and then I, and then I get some people, some crossover fans, like they like my Instagram for whatever reason, the cats, my photos, the art, and then they're like, Hey, I really like that song you did. So it's, it's kind of cool. You know, um, I get it from all different social medias. I have to say though, it really feels good when a musician likes your song. Like that's like, cause they know how hard it is to make a song. So when they compliment you, you're like, Oh, you know, like they get it. They know how hard it was to do that. So yeah, it's nice when musicians are fans too. Okay. Petty question. Yes. Who, who, uh, who is the biggest artist who you've had to interact with that's given you the feedback? Okay. Um, I would say purple cat because I, I just love his music so much. Um, it's like super lo-fi chill. He does these awesome little animations with these purple cats. It's beautiful to look at. It's aesthetically pleasing. And, you know, he's super popular. So when I, I remember I, I asked for their feedback on see-through and they're like, oh yeah, I really like it. I mean, you know, I, I assume he's telling the truth, <laughs> but, you know, um, but yeah, I would say the most high profile would be Purple Cat and I really appreciate their support. So thank you, Purple Cat. Cats rule. Okay. Well, uh, going along with this theme, any any uh, plans of the work to work with Doja Cat? You could make a whole feline pack. Oh my gosh! A, a whole okay. feline lo-fi troop. Doja Cat is awesome. Here's why: she raps and she sings. 
Okay, Drake, he's awesome. Why? He raps and he sings. This is where I feel like these awesome multi-talented artists are going. When you're able to do rapping and singing, you're super special. You can do a rap song and a sing, and I just love it. Like, um, so I have called out Doja Cat a few times and every time I see her, do the Instagram lives, I get on there and I'm like, hey, don't you cat, hey. <laughs> and I don't know if she just ignores me or whatever, but I'm a huge Doja Cat fan. And I love that she doesn't really take herself seriously. Like she plays around, she's got a, she's got a great sense of humor. Um, you know, I love her songs. I love her singing voice. Um, my favorite song of hers is Streets. I love it. And yeah, I mean, yeah, if she gave me the time of day, that would be fantastic. But I'm a huge fan. And but like I said, it's that rapping and singing. Like, that's not easy to do. Like, people like, oh, you know, they can rap and sing. No, it's hard. Like, that's super hard. Oh, it's it's an entirely different skill set, honestly. Yeah. I mean, uh, rapping, obviously, you can do more, a bit more like sing sprick, you know, where you're oh, yeah. more just talking the lyrics. At, like, it's more, yeah. rap's more about the beat. And the, right. and the actual lyrics themselves and then singing obviously is a whole another thing with training your vocal cords and all the stuff that I once I hit puberty I stopped being able to do um yeah and when you think of like rap there's so many different styles even like Post Malone you know I think he even said and this may be wrong but I think he even said he he doesn't rap all the time like he does like this slower rap like I don't know what do you call it slow rap I mean you know it's like an oxymoron um but yeah so yeah i might i might try that soon you'll see <laughs> cheap plug right there you'll yeah. see coming out june 21st oh, on, Spot on spotify <laughs> oh my gosh every There's time we talk like my family will talk like oh what are you doing today oh are you gonna do this they'll be like you'll see ha 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 mom it's like oh no <laughs> You have to admit, you'll see is like the perfect phrase for all sorts of like dad jokes. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird because when I do my titles, I was explaining this to my son the other day. I'm like, I want a title that you're going to question. Like, you'll see. It's like, oh, what are they going to see? Well, who's the you? Like, who who's going to see what? Like, that's how I do my titles. I want it to be a little mysterious. And there's like some questions in there. Like, what does that mean? You know? And then, like, for the other song I'm doing, it's lo-fi, bring it all back. It's like, bring what back? You know, what are you bringing back? You know, like, how far back? You know, like, I like titles that you kind of question a little bit. Yeah, see, there you, there you go. That's better than mine, where I go to the Michael Nesmith School of Songwriting, where the title has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Right, right, right. You know, I, I, love, tapio I love Tapioca Tundra. It's my, like, one of my favorite oh. songs of all time. But the song yeah. has nothing to do with tundras <laughs> or tapioca or any sort of food. It's just this psychedelic song. And then <laughs> he just, I don't know, was high as f and <laughs> tapping tundra that's great um and actually in like his latest live album with mickey dolan's like he he questions like they're getting ready to do a song called auntie's municipal court and he's like recalled like the first time someone asked him about it and he was just like like why did you name this song auntie's municipal court and his response was i don't know <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there uh that's just me name dropping even though they have done nothing to promote me I, yeah. I, 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 smashing I all... pumpkins do that too they'd have like titles that were totally not anything 
possibly and I, I think i think that's something like a lot of band uh, bands do at least indirectly yeah. uh and just because bands, yeah. just just because it yeah it, it just kind of fits whatever they're going for it's yeah, just it's I, I don't know for for me like i just think of nesmith because his titles are just so were so were so out there compared to mm-hmm. his songs and sometimes they were just a legit f you to the record execs <laughs> yeah that's true be, because he has a song called good clean fun which he specifically mm. made it a point to not use the words good, clean, or fun <laughs> in the song. And actually, if you pay attention to the lyrics, like there's nothing good, clean, or fun about the song. Like it's oh, really like it's like how do you market that? <laughs> well, and that's why Ned Smith is just known as one of those trailblazer guys rather than a profitable uh, artist. Right. Um, but again, that's a whole like side thing. Um, we now that we've kind of we've referenced a handful of times. Um, you'll see and bring it all back again june 21st coming out on spotify uh what was your experience making these songs um so when i when i worked with that um company in chicago part of the artist development package and i I should say it's zoetic music management zoetic um i worked with alexi he's really great guy super nice I had a billion questions of how to do this. Is this okay? Is that okay? He answered all my questions, which I really appreciated. Um, and part of that deal, like I did a package deal with them for a month, is I could I could make three songs with one of the producers that they worked with. So the very fir- the first three songs, I, I feel like you know, I was part of this package deal, and I learned a lot and. You know, it was it was very fast. Um, I got the beats, and then I had to write three songs in a week. So, luckily, I I for two of the songs, I kind of tried to use some pre-existing lyrics. But then for for see through the one that was actually the most popular one, I wrote fresh, just fresh lyrics right on top of that beat. Um, so, for these two songs, my fourth and fifth um, song releases. It was me on my own, like for real, for real. Like I'm totally independent. Where do I want to go with this? Um, so I worked with a producer, Nuance Vibes, from Indiana, believe it or not. He's from South Bend. And I think I got his information from a webinar I went to where it was kind of like networking with producers and singers, songwriters and stuff. Um, and I heard one of his beats and I really liked it. And that's the one that turned into you'll see. Um, so, but for this process, for these two songs anyway, uh, I took my time and I wrote fresh lyrics on them. And I don't know, it, it feels like, it feels like I'm actually doing this on my own now. I, you know, it's, it's a really great feeling. Um, Cause I picked my producer, I handpicked my producer, I handpicked the beat. Um, I did the lyrics, I did everything myself, you know, distributed through DistroKid. Um, you know, it was like, where do I want to go? This is where I want to go kind of thing. And then for the other song, I networked on Twitter and I found uh, a lo-fi producer, um, from Italy, from Milan, Italy. Uh, his name is David Perico. And he does all the instrumentals on his on his songs. And and believe it or not, he didn't even have, I don't believe he had a beat for sale. 
he just had these beautiful lo-fi songs. And I, I think I messaged him. I'm like, hey, you know, um, I'm interested in, in working with you. Would you be interested in, in working with me? You give me a beat, I put lyrics on it. And so we kind of went back and forth and back and forth. And I, I picked the beat I liked that he was willing to sell. And that was just a really cool experience. You know, I'm working with people from Europe, from Italy, you know, and here I am in Indiana. Um, and it was like, you know, my two directions. I want to do R&B with you'll see. I want to do lo-fi. And then the song I got from David was um, Bring It All Back. And it was just, I don't know, it's just a really cool experience. I could go on and on about it, but anyway. <laughs> it's cool. So again, June 21st, because we haven't mastered that enough, 621. Oh, if you go to my website, you can pre-save the songs and they'll automatically pop up on your Spotify. Cool. All right. Well, you want to plug, plug your website? Sure. Um, it's just per music, per like a cat, P-U-R-R, mu like a cat, M-E-W, and then S-I-K, per music, dot com. <laughs> and I will drop uh, I will drop the link so if you can't get the hyperlink directly you can copy and paste on there too because um, that's the beauty of the internet and being allowed to write blurbs in addition to have the audio content yep. um, so ironically enough Alexa uh, you know Amazon Alexa calls me per music huh? I'm like Alexa you're saying my name wrong she's like I don't understand <laughs> so I'm still trying to work that out you're fancy now though you're you're a successful artist so you, you got you got to you got to live the high class <laughs> lifestyle. Well, at least say my name right. I mean, geez. Well, <sighs> saying my name right that that's been my struggle, <laughs> you know, forever. Um, again, uh, luckily, no one has to actually see how my name's spelled. They just get to listen to me talk. Oh, yeah, pronounce it week in and week out. But we talked about uh, distribution. Um, is there? Uh, do you have any plans at, in a way for you to distribute your music? we'll say for profit looking at like maybe your sound clouds band camps etc are you are you just focusing on the streams at this point i do have a band a band camp yeah i do have a band camp website and you can like set a price on there to sell your music um you know i i am on soundcloud although i feel like i don't get a lot i, don't, I mean i don't know soundcloud doesn't work for me as much I'm really hyper-focused on Spotify and, you know, it also, when it streams out on DistroKid, it goes to Tidal, iTunes, Amazon Music, Deezer, like all mul multiple places. But I don't know, I, I, I guess Spotify is the real, you know, how are you doing place for musicians, you know, and every, every year at the end of the year, I don't know if you've seen these before, people will post their Spotify end of year statistics okay. like how many people listen from how many countries and all that i don't know that's like the pinnacle like people are like trying to get those spotify streams you know so i don't know so oh, it's just more uh, more curiosity as to uh you know get, uh, maybe maybe uh, plugging a revenue stream for you as well wink wink nudge nudge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So get to, to allow your fans to monetarily support you yeah um, for sure yeah Bandcamp and soundcloud yeah okay so so right now in, ter <laughs> in terms of that front everyone uh, her bread and butter is spotify you should listen to all the spotify's so she, uh, follow until, and, stream. Yeah. and that and then and then when she comes up with something else she can let you know yeah well, I don't 
I guess I just say art, artists nowadays, especially the uh, the young independent ones, uh, because fans do want to support. Um, yeah. Buy me a coffee, Ko-Fi, mm-hmm. and Patreon. Uh, right. Three big things there. So, uh, uh, something to think about in the future uh, if you ever, you know, care uh, care that much about it. Yeah, uh, I thought about center. merch. Um, so not sure where I'd want to go with that though. Like, what images I want to put. So, I've got some things I'm thinking about. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, speaking of thinking about things, what's <laughs> next for Per Music? Where Where are you going uh, in the near future? So. This is going to sound a little crazy, but I'm working on seven songs right now. I've got two that are about, I would say, 98% done. And I just say 98% because every once in a while I'll fiddle with a melody, like a tiny melody change. And I'm like, okay, I need to sit on this a little bit longer until it's perfect. Um, So I've got two songs that are almost complete. And I'm going to record those relatively quickly, probably next month. Um, and then I do like a one month release plan for them. So maybe they'll be out in August. I don't know. I work pretty fast. Um, <laughs> and then, so what I, what I'm typically doing is like an R&B song and then like a chill song. So it's kind of like my strategy. And then, uh, so I've got the two songs done and there's two songs I'm still working on. And then one song is super fresh. And I just decided last week that I'm gonna make a Christmas song so I have to distribute that at least by Thanksgiving probably earlier maybe like beginning of November they say um so that it can be out for the Christmas time season um so yeah so seven songs planned and my goal is to do eight to twelve songs a year so after June 21st I'll have five songs out so I got at least five songs plus a Christmas song. So I'm right on track. Like I, I have my goals really specified. Um, so yeah, that's a lot, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, albums worth of songs, right? And yeah. b- back in the days when people were releasing CDs and full albums at a time, and it was 12, uh, you know, 12 songs every yeah. year, every two, sometimes even every two years. Yeah. Um, but then again, they also didn't have COVID and you you didn't have to live in the recording studio and you can yeah. go tour. Um, mm. Do you have any plans of possibly taking your act live? Like now that uh, COVID restrictions are being lifted and people yeah. are allowed to converge. I do. Um, the hard thing for me is because of the genres I work in, I don't really do acoustic play. So like some, like I really was interested in open mics, but since I don't have like my own guitar and I'm, you know, up to the microphone to sing with, I feel like there, there are some limitations to that. Like they want acoustic open mics. So I've got to find open mic places that are okay with me bringing like a backbeat, a performance beat to sing on top of. So I'm still doing some research on that. Um, and then as far as traveling, like I would, I would totally do like a radius, maybe like Chicago, Cincinnati, Nashville, um, maybe St. Louis, like a nice little Midwest radius um, or something as far as traveling um, to do something live. Like I'm really serious about that and you know, my family supports me. So if I find something, a gig or whatever, then I'm going to do it, you know, take a long weekend and just do it. So, yeah definitely a goal 
have you looked into doing any like uh live streams so like via youtube or facebook live instagram yeah performing live that way i haven't done that yet because i don't know it's i don't know i mean i guess i could at the same time though i feel like people can just listen to me on spotify or youtube <laughs> you know it's like um i could do that i don't know it's it's something i might try in the future but i'm just not super savvy with it like, right i don't want it to be well i mean like i could sing like something on tiktok i don't know i could sing it like i said i've sung some of my original songs on tiktok i don't know that would be different it's uh it's just one of the ways i've seen some artists uh yeah. Uh, work into the and work within the confines of the COVID restrictions. Like you can't tour, but say like if I I'll name drop like Psycho Stick. Like mm -hmm. they'll do like an hour long stream like every Thursday. I forget what time. Really? And wow. they they just they play a handful of songs. They joke around. They have a yeah. green screen, uh, too. So they just yeah. so so their theme they their 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 gimmick is that they're pretending to play in outer space. Yeah. So, oh. You but uh, but this is just kind of cur curious with the again like the changes in the scene uh, yeah uh, just because of covid yeah and i have another answer to that too like i only had three songs out and so i i feel like it wasn't enough maybe to do a live stream so now that i'm gonna have five you know that's like four to five is a good set number for like a live stream at least for open mic or whatever um but yeah, maybe as I build my songs, it'll feel more natural to put on like a concert live stream or something. Yeah. And yeah, and, I was free balling and just kind of like yeah, seeing yeah. the creative process. And I know, especially uh, that you're active with the covers too. You know, right. it's, yeah, those are you know, stuff to throw out there. And I don't yeah. know, just come up with like theme weeks and mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, and I've got to be careful because, you know, copyrights and stuff. <laughs> Oh, oh so, yeah, oh, yeah. I just I know YouTube is atrocious yeah. on that. No, I mean not that either of us are popular enough for monetization, but sometimes you get the yoinked, even if the music producer or the actual owner is okay oh, yeah. with that. I've heard a couple of horror stories. Oh, the actually yeah. they're hilarious because like the <laughs> owner of the footage got their footage yanked mm. because of a copyright claim. <laughs> Like, right yeah we own this what's going on um <laughs> so no i i get i get that um but you know just thrown out there uh you know seeing what your plans are as i say whether it was whether you're just going to go, be the beatles and just stick to studio <laughs> work or if you were gonna yeah. if this was something you're willing to take uh, willing and able to take on the road yeah i feel like i really need to do open mics like i just need to get out there you know like i'm comfortable enough doing a karaoke in front of people, but now it's like my own music. So I'm even more passionate about doing it, but I just need the experience, you know, like some, some musicians are like, I'm not going to sing unless I get paid. And I'm like, you know, I'm not like that. I, I want to just do it and, you know, get the experience and stuff. So yeah, that's where yeah. I'm right now anyway. Right. We gotta, you gotta start somewhere. I mean, yeah. It, it, uh, let's face it. I mean, at this moment, the pay is going to be terrible so you might as well just <laughs> do it for free uh, I depending, know. depending on depending on the what's and ifs and like how much other work you have to do to go along with it i'm not going to say do it for free and then you got to lug you know 800 pounds of equipment with you that's yeah that's, yeah, that's stupid. the thing i don't i, I, I don't need 20 pounds i need i need 20 dollars for that yeah um, i don't have any equipment so that's good. <laughs> i'll see yeah, there you go oh, okay i was i'm running down 
uh, all of my list of questions, uh, pre-made questions anyway. Um, so le let's go over like the last bit of things that you would like to plug. We referenced permusic.com is your main hub where you can find all the social yeah. media. Um, and then of course, go to Spotify, you know, find per music that way. She has a uh, Chicago song, see-through and lockdown on there. Yeah. And then we have, and then of course, June 21st, yeah, we have, you see, you'll see and bring it all back. Uh, is there any yeah. other places or sites that you need, need, want to plug or direct traffic to? Um, yeah, my, my website's the, the biggest one, permusic.com. And even if you Google per music, you'll get like all my links and everything I've done on online ever. Um, so yeah, permusic.com and Spotify. Those are the two big ones. Yeah. And Instagram, follow me on Instagram. Instagram is kind of like my blog. Like it's like my journal um i love instagram it's my favorite social media so i'm there most often and, and i do little little silly things with my cats and i talk about my day or you know like struggles or writing lyrics or you know something like that so like instagram if you want to know who i am go there and like connect and if you message me i'll message you back and like we can be friends and you know so instagram is definitely like my personality i would say so th there you have it cheap plug right there if you're a fan <laughs> or even better a collaborator or producer yeah go to the instagram hit her up yep. uh, no mutually gain all right so thank you for coming on thank you for being the first guest like proper guest and interview for mlw confusion yeah thank you for asking me yeah that was oh. great that was great and you know best of luck to you it's it's just great in like again comparing it to wrestling i mean uh it's great seeing the independent folk go out there and be able to apply their trade and you know get some name value and you know tooting my own horn you know hopefully you know you can you know hit it big and i can be like i'm like the i'm the first interview <laughs> I, I knew per music before she was the top feline oh gee <laughs> Okay, that's going to be our, like, caption for this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, puns all day. Oh, I wasn't really a full <laughs> pun. But, but thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. It, it's been fun. And, you know, even, like, for everyone's knowledge, we spoke for, like, 40 minutes before even hitting the record button. So it's, it's been a good time. It's yeah. fun talk. And still, you know, we'll keep tabs. Yeah, thanks. So thank you. Okay, talk to you soon. And there you have it. My sit-down interview with Per Music. I uh, really appreciate having the opportunity to have a chat with her and just seeing what it was like uh, for uh, our, uh, for any sort of artist uh, to begin this stage of their career uh, during a global pandemic and during uh, just a, an unprecedented phase in history where everyone is locked down and pretty much you know unable to do much else with their time as i said some people bake bread some people become r&b superstars uh, and hopefully you know i wish all the sex for her in, in the world uh so but that was really awesome uh hope to get some more folks in here to you know have chats with here in the near future but meanwhile let's get our plugs in um of course Stay tuned. June 21st, you'll see, uh, and bring it back, will be coming out on Spotify. Uh, you can check those out by searching Per Music, or you can go to Per's website, www.permusic.com, 
uh, where you'll find all of her social media links. As she said, as she said, uh, she's really big into the Instagram scene, uh, does a little bit of TikToking as well, and of course that's where you'll get all your news and information uh, regarding current and new releases, plus whatever else happens to be going on. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't drop my plugs here at the end of the show, of course. So if you enjoyed this interview and enjoy MLW Confusion in general, uh, be sure to like, subscribe, uh, leave a review. It's very important for us smaller podcasts uh, to have that word of mouth uh, advertising. Because uh, let's face it, we don't have huge budgets. And I know... Personally, I don't have a huge budget either, uh, so that's really great. Uh, really great uh, if anyone could actually do that. Um, if you'd like to support in other ways, uh, you can follow the social medias. Um, I'll keep the links below. You can go to the link tree, etc. Uh, but we're on Facebook uh, at MLW Confusion. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Nova of Cass. And if you'd like to give a hand, monetarily speaking, let me upgrade some of my equipment. And, you know, work at better editing and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, you can check out my Ko-Fi at ko-fi.com slash Casanova, C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. And you can also hang out at the Patreon um, at patreon.com slash Casanova, C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A, once again. Um, and at the Patreon, you get a little bit more bang for your buck um, for as little as a dollar. Uh, but, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, you know, the more money you send that way, the better the goodies you get. Um, but for as little as $1 a month, you get at least twice weekly updates, including MLW Confusion uh, early and ad-free, so you don't have to listen to me shill, rep sports, anchor FM, um, etc. Uh, so if you're not a fan of the ads, there's a, there's a one way to get rid of it. Um, and then uh, at least one other post a week. Uh, this includes early access to other side projects and, of course, uh, exclusives. Uh, we do a lot of exclusives that are just for the Patreon backers there. Um, so, you know, be like Maverick45, Alan Schroeder, uh, etc. And, you know, check it out. If, if you don't like it, eh, quit after a month. You know, get your stuff and go. Um, but I appreciate all the help that's being sent to me. And I appreciate every listen that I get. You know, just... I'm rattling on now, uh, because this is not the usual pre-recorded plugs I do at the end of the show. Um, but I appreciate all the support everyone's given me over the past two years as well. So thank you all, and I'll catch you all next time.